6.30 Chad, live from the Grey Cup Festival. Hey, and a good afternoon, everybody. Part two of our four-hour Grey Cup preview. Brought to you in part by Jiffy Lube. When you get playoff ready, they make sure your vehicle is winter ready. Visit jiffyloopservice.ca. And in part by Crystal Glass, because it's not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. We heard just prior to the break at the top of the hour about that really tough, boy, are they good Calgary defense. And their defensive coordinator, Devon Claybrooks, I think will be a head coach in this league and maybe in pretty short order. There are teams looking for head coaches like the British Columbia Lions. But he played for the Stampeders. He knows this league well, and he's such a good coach, and they are better than ever because they now have pressure from the inside as well as off the ends and a strong defensive secondary. Oh, I chatted with him, you know, and hey. It's a terrific defense. Everybody talks about it because they say with the defense – that Coach Clay Brooks has put together, you don't know where it's going to come from. Normally you think about defensive rush ends. Not anymore. Not with those two interior linemen. Yeah, they play well for me. I, we were lucky and blessed to have a great group of a great group of 24 great players on the defensive side of the ball. And you can plug and play. We've, we've needed them all where guys have got hurt and stepped up. And our inside pass rush, I mean, even our backup can start for eight teams in this league. And that's just the great depth that we have. But it, kudos to Mace. I mean, Corey does a great job with those guys and everything is repetition he puts in the time and they put in the time on the drill te- drill drill tape and in the t- and in on film to where they be able to know how to attack opponent and how to make it successful so it's been good quick release though by trevor harris right oh yeah he gets rid of that ball quick i mean you got to do a good good job with your coverages and disguises because if he can get rid of that first read you're probably never going to touch him so you got to do a good job of stopping Powell first which is the first and foremost most important thing because if you're running the ball now that opens up play action and then you can't really hone in on stopping the pass because then you got to bring in stopping the run and now you predictability vulnerability and you don't want to be that well, I talked to those two inside tackles, and they said, Coach Claybrook says, you better be in your lane, and you better be using your eyes and be aware that it can come because that's your responsibility, and do not take a penalty. Yeah, you got to play smart penalty-free football, and I think that's probably the most important thing, especially with Michael because he's a firecracker. But he plays on the edge, but more times than not, he never goes over it. And that's one thing, and that's how he plays, and you got to understand and embrace that. So you do, and as long as those guys keep the rushing lanes and integrity, we should have a good job. I mean, they've got new wrinkles, and we've got new wrinkles, and we'll see whose wrinkles wrinkles up the most. Hey, but you do play that as a group, don't you, the front seven? Because the linebackers are very much involved. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, seven guys dancing together, and they got to know where the other their teammates dancing at. And as long as we all dance to the same song, I think we'll be fine. And then you say, listen, fellas, backhand, want you to cover so well that he can't, mm, I don't want to throw it there, because that'll give us just a little extra time to get to him. Yeah, all we need is time. I mean, our guys do a good job of trying to take away the first read and then putting the pressure on the quarterback to find the open receiver. And as long as we're able to do that, I think we'll be fine. What's your feeling about the Ottawa club? Totally their offense. What you saw 
last week. They got weapons. Yeah. They have they have great weapons at the receiver. They got a back that can take it to the distance, and he can pound it in. He's not scared to run between the tackles. You know, once you have a back like that, it's just it's so tough. And not to mention the receiver weapons. I mean, you pick your poison, they all five can play. So it's just like, who do you want to beat you today and who you don't want to beat you and who you want to take away? So that's what you want to try to do with Ellenston and Sanop and Spencer. You got those guys that can really play and really go after and get it, and they're going to get their balls. And when you have a nice field, a nice day, then everything is even, Stephen. Um, I'll tell you what, this is this really comes down to one or two or three plays, doesn't it? Penalty at the wrong time, drop pass at the wrong time. Sack at the whatever, wrong time. Whatever, right? Sack at the wrong time. Well, you know, it, I mean, it, it, the thing, craziest thing is, the same one play doesn't lose a game, but three or four can win it for you, put it that way. So you, you got to understand that aspect, and you want to limit their explosions, and we want to make as many big plays as we can. You think this is better than the last two years, your team? I think we are forged together differently because the last two years we've clinched in week 12 and we were cruising into the playoffs. Here we had to go to, we couldn't do anything to the final game of the season where we had to be BC. And that just shows you the character of our gods to go on the three game slide and then to come back and then to cherry up that performance, to shore up that performance with the performance like we did in the, the finals. It just shows you that the guys put in the time and they do the little things and the details. And you coaches like that kind of approach. You love that character. Yeah, character, you know, you know, you can be, if your pressure can bust pipes or make diamonds, then hopefully we can be icy after Sunday. <laughs> Devon Claybrooks, defensive coordinator with the Calgary Stampeders. But you know, he's right. Look at Sinopoli and Ellingson and Powell out of the backfield and Trevor Harris. Oh, and a good old line. That Ottawa club, they'll give that defense all it can handle. There's no question. And by the way, their coach, Rick Campbell, along with the coach of the Stamps, Dave Dickinson, took questions earlier this week from various members of the media. And it started with an opening remark from Coach Dickinson about his heated comment toward Bomber coach Mike O'Shea during last weekend's Western Final. Do you remember? Okay, guys, I thought I'd try to be a little proactive here. Uh, I do need to address my poor choice of words that I used at the Bomber game. Um, I just want to let you go. I let my emotions get the best of me, and I talked to my players a lot about having poise, and I lacked poise. Uh, I did. So I just want to make sure that people know that at no time were my comments directed at the Canadian people or the CFL talking to Rick. I really, truly believe I am Canadian. Not by birth certificate, but by choice. I've lived up here for 22 years. I got a Canadian wife, two Canadian kids, and Calgary's home. So at, uh, at no time were those comments ever directed towards Canadians. And uh, I do want to apologize for any, anything like that in my remarks, but uh, I, have, I have apologized to Mike himself. Uh, sometimes in football, you maybe cross a line, and uh, I certainly apologize for that. And I own those remarks. And I'm hoping, guys, that we can just move forward and, uh, and talk about football. So I appreciate you guys letting me have that, uh, uh, the opening remarks. I just want to say, I'm, I, part of the reason I like the CFL is uh, there's a lot of good people in it, and this guy is right at the top. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of, part of the league with, uh, with Dave in it. I just wanted to mention a little bit on the, the Jonathan Rose situation because I was flying all day yesterday. It was kind of a whirlwind. Anyways, if he's, when he, that he's eligible to play in this game because of how the whole process is working is we will, we will use him and have him play in the game. 
and I'm going to stay away from commenting on it, and our team's going to stay away from commenting on it, just because there's a whole process that's got to happen between the, the league and the union, and uh, let that whole thing play out. All right. Yeah, for Dave, two parts. Uh, in the beginning, uh, how are you doing at, uh, do you think you're doing at uh, converting Edmonton people to cheer for Calgary this weekend? And the second half of that question is, uh, it, you, you mentioned leading to this game that getting here, you don't want to repeat all the same things you've done in the previous two years, but I haven't heard you identify what changes you'd make. Yeah. And, and the extension of that is okay. it seems like, uh, I mean, you are both got this image of soft-spoken, uh, uh, you know, uh, mild-mannered type of guys, but it seems like you're coming into this game with a little bit more of an edge. Is that true? <laughs> uh, I'd rather be known as a soft-spoken, mild-mannered guy. I, I'm a competitor. Um, I want to win. Uh, I think most people that are successful in life have to have a little bit of an edge. Um, I've actually driven up this road a lot lately. I got kids, and uh, it seems like we're always in Edmonton for sporting events. Um, and <laughs> on record and saying in Calgary, I'd like to have a little better facilities. And I get very jealous when I come to Edmonton and see all the sport facilities, including this place right here. Uh, it's a great, to me, it's a sports town. Uh, it has great tradition. Uh, Rick was part of that with his family, and uh, you know, Ultimately, I, I'm, 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 I'm pumped that the Grey Cup's in Edmonton and it's not 25 below, hopefully. Um, as far as what I'm going to do different, that's kind of between me and my team there, but I think I've uh, been on record saying I've got to do something different. Um, doesn't mean it's going to work, but I'm certainly uh, you know, trying to stay focused with our guys, but uh, we are going to try some different type of things. and. Uh, Hopefully it pays off on Sunday. So, some comment from the coaches, Dave Dickinson of the Calgary Stampeders, Rick Campbell of the Eastern Champion Ottawa Red Blacks. And our Great Cup preview, of course, brought to you in part by Crystal Glass. Not just the quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Don't forget 310 Glass is the number you call or visit crystalglass.ca. And while you get playoff ready, the folks at Jiffy Lube, they make sure your vehicle is winter ready. Visit jiffyloopservice.ca. We're coming up to, well, 15 and a half minutes after the hour, and we've more coming up momentarily. I'm going to talk with Glenn Suter of the TSN broadcast crew, and he was a player in this league, played in the secondary when they won the Grey Cup in 1989, beating out the Eskimos in the Western Final, who had a record of 16-2. and two. Theirs was 9-9, nine and nine. but they went to the big game and won it. That in just a moment. 6.30, Chad, live from the Grey Cup Festival. After the hour, let's get back here with hour two of our four-hour Great Cup preview brought to you by Crystal Glass and Jiffy Lube. And by the way, as I said, we would talk a little with Glenn Suter, who played for Saskatchewan Rough Riders, has been for the last many years Chris Cuthbert's sidekick on TSN football broadcast. Speaking about TV, be seen on TV, global news all in. Record your Great Cup Festival experience. Hold your phone sideways. Share your video at, well, it is pound G-N-All-N. And watch Global News between 
well, right now and Sunday to see if your video makes the cut. It's Global News All In. And all in, these two teams for tomorrow's big game that kicks off at 4 o'clock. Temperature's going to be around 1 degree, 20 minutes after the hour. Conversation a few minutes with Glenn Suter. How many is this for you, Glenn? Well, 2008 was the first one we covered as a network where I was able to be in the booth with Chris and, and do the color analysis. Uh, I had worked with CBC a couple of great cups before that on the sideline. So... Um, I would have to say 12 working the game, the one I played in back in 89. (laughs) But that was a long time ago now. But but you know what? I still cannot forget that Grey Cup because of the season. You know, they've asked me about Grey Cup highlights. I said 89 was one of them because Eskimos had a 16-2 record. Saskatchewan Rough Riders 9-9, John Gregory the coach. And they came in and they had a kind of a different offense. Ken Austin and uh, Tom Burgess for us. And Tom actually played in the West Final. And it was 1-1A, really. Tom Burgess was better against man-to-man type defenses, which Edmonton played us in the West Final. That 16-2 team led by Tracy Ham, that was a very difficult team to play against. We came into Edmonton, hostile territory, and we just, you know, we, we blitz. I blitzed 21 times from the safety spot in that game, and that was the, the blitz that those guys just couldn't, couldn't figure out. Tracy Ham was so frustrated in that game, and as a defensive player, when you see the quarterback that frustrated, oh, yeah. you're excited. And that's what this, this one's going to come down to, too, Brian. This one's going to come down to which team can harass which quarterback because both are so good if you give them time. Oh, they are, very yeah. definitely. But about 89, and I remember then after that you go and play the Hamilton Tiger Cats yes. in Toronto and you win high scoring crazy game 43 yeah. 40 and robo kicker you know <laughs> he gets yeah. the field goal yeah. right at the end right well that's exactly right and and as a defensive player again that's not the game you want to be in when it's 43 no. 40 but you know back and forth exciting game uh you know they they knew how to pick up our blitz we tried the same strategy early in that game that we had in the west final was to safety blitz and send a lot of pressure at mike kerrigan who was the quarterback of the hamilton tiger cats at that time he picked it up. He had a quick passing game. We had to make changes on the fly. Fairholm caught, I think, a 60-yarder for a touchdown. That's when we knew we had a chance to win that game. And back and forth, exciting stuff. I still can't watch it without getting nervous all these years but, later. <laughs> no, but it has to go down as one of the all-time Grey Cup games, I think. Well, you know, I, I think we, you let other people sort of judge that, and everyone has their favorite. I love the snow game. You know, when uh, in Hamilton it was snowing and the, the, the great catch off the shoe, shoe tops and Flutie on the, on the sneak that didn't, that didn't, he fumbled and Lancaster lost his mind on the sideline, coaching for Edmonton. So, you know, everybody has a favorite Grey Cup, um, certainly playing in that 89, though. That was fun. <laughs> hey, was I fun. remember, but it snowed just as the game was coming. Yeah. And it was downtown Eddie Brown who made the That's ankle right. catch, right? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody has their favorite, of course. Yeah. But I still think that 89 season was something. But that was your last one, right? Yeah, well, and the only one. You know, that, that was the only chance I got to be in this game. That was the only chance we had. Uh, that was 11 years. And, you know, for a lot of them, we didn't make the playoffs. So, you, you know, to get back to this game as the players, I know these guys for Ottawa and for Calgary right now are thinking, 
you know, we've got to make it happen right now on Sunday because you may not get back here. You may not get another ch chance at a championship. I don't care if it's a six-team league, a four-team league. Back when the, when the NHL was six teams, it didn't take away from the greatness and the significance of it. And even then, it's hard to win a championship. It is so hard for it all to come together and win a championship, which is remarkable when you think of the dynasty in Edmonton all those years with Warren Moon and Wilkie. To do that over and over is almost impossible in today's day and age. And here we are. We're, you know, two great well, teams. Let me ask you as a player. Yeah. Feel that Dave Dickinson, the coach, other members of the staff, and the team hasn't changed that much from two years ago when they lost mm -hmm. in overtime after rallying in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. to send it to overtime against Ottawa. And here was a team, an expansion team, and they beat you on a touchdown throw by Danny Barrett. And it's, uh, you know, he retires after that, and all the stories are about them. And the only story about Calgary was, boy, did you guys ever blow this one? Yeah, you know. How do you think they feel today? Well, it, they, they want this opportunity to make it all go away because I guarantee you, and Dave will be very professional about it, Dickinson, and so will the rest of the team, but um, they... They've been living with that and last year's loss and will forever. I mean, you, you remember more those games you let get away and the games you lost. You remember those more, unfortunately, later in life. So to get rid of that feeling, you have to win. You have to, that's the only way. Whether it's in the regular season, you lose a game, you can't wait to get to the next game because the only way to get rid of that ugly feeling in your stomach is to win. Oh, that's it, to win. And it was Henry Burris, not Danny Barrett. They were very similar, though. I don't know why I had Danny Barrett's name stuck in my mind, but they were very similar. But it was Henry Burris, of course, who threw that winning touchdown pass two years ago in overtime. And he's now a member of uh, TSN and uh, football CFL. But uh, Glenn Suter, great guy. And, of course, you know, I mean, here we are with these two teams tomorrow. Calgary's a four-point favorite, as I see it right now. But really, for me, it's a toss-up. And we have a whole lot more coming up yet. We're coming to our last half hour, at least for me, and then Morley and Dave will take over after 4 o'clock. But we, of course, are bringing you our Grey Cup preview, Jiffy Lube. And you know, when you're getting playoff ready, they make sure your vehicle's winter ready. Visit JiffyLubeService.ca and Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you give them a call at 310-GLASS or visit CrystalGlass.ca. And uh, we have some news and other things, and then we're going to be back with a little bit more heading into my last half hour here on uh, Grey Cup Preview. But I can tell you here, boy, oh boy, the people just keep coming. It's a steady stream down here in Grey Cup Festival all around 90, well, 95th Street, 96th Street, on up to 99th Street. It's uh, just jam-packed with people. Isn't that great? Back momentarily. 6.30, Chad, live from the Grey Cup Festival. Oh, people everywhere, folks. And the Titan of Trucks. I tell you what, this is the Festival Way, sponsored by Nissan. And it is jam-packed with people, and they're still coming. 
and they're really enjoying it. I see areas like Get Your Game Face Ready for the kids. They do face tattoos, tattoos, you know, to have them, you know, just walk around the grounds looking kind of cool and all of that kind of stuff. And the zip line and the slide and the tube slide, you know, all the things that are going on. It's all free. So come on down and enjoy yourself. And the big game tomorrow kicks off at 4 o'clock. Weather's going to be about 1 degree. Rick Campbell, uh, you grew up in the city, you grew up in Commonwealth Stadium, uh, and you got your coaching start with the Eskimos, and I'm just wondering what it would mean for you and your family to do something your dad did not do in his long and illustrious career, which is win a Grey Cup coaching in Commonwealth Stadium. Well, I will say that uh, obviously Edmonton's been a big part of my life, and I have, definitely have a love for the city and always will. And um, you know, know a lot of people in this city, and it's it's been uh, to me and great to my family. Um, honestly, for me, I'm whatever the word is. I'm compartmentalizing, and that I just I'm just worried about preparing the football team the best we can for playing good football on Sunday. So really, that's what my my focus is is just uh, um, you know being here. I know I'm in Edmonton, but it's it's a work week for me, and I'm gonna do uh, do whatever I can so that we can play good. Uh, um, good football on Sunday, and then uh, maybe have more time to reflect on it after after this week. Yeah, and just following up on that, uh, Coach Campbell, um, you played high school football at Ainley here in the city. Um, yeah, your, go, ti- go Titans. <laughs> your old uh, coach recalls a story of when they actually called you on you in a pinch to play quarterback uh, one season. Um, do you have any rem- memories of playing football there? What stands out most? Um, from your time there? Yeah, it was fun. You know, Edmonton's a good football town, and uh, we were able to win a provincial championship, and I know that uh, uh, Ainley, the Ainley Titans, my old school, are playing for the provincial championship again this Saturday, so I'll be, uh, I'll be rooting hard for them. And, uh, um, yeah, like I said, ton of memories for me in this town, and um, th- I'm definitely thrilled to be back. I've come from a football family as well. My dad's not as famous as Rick's and uh, hasn't won as many championships, but uh, was a football coach, a teacher. I think we have similar backgrounds. For us, for me at least, a lot of the groundwork was laid by Huff and Wally Buono. Um, Those are two guys you want to follow and uh, at least try to emulate, try to do things similar to what they did. They're winners, so it was easy for me. And knowing Rick uh, personally, I knew when he got his job over there that he would definitely do everything in his power uh, to do it the right way. Uh, he builds from, from inside. He hires good people. Um, I think he's a winner. So, uh, you know, I, I certainly uh, respect the job he does, and, and I'm not surprised that he's having the success that he's had. Yeah, same thing. I, I came to Ottawa from Calgary and you know what a couldn't be from a better place when you have guys like Dave and Huff and everybody that works with the Stampeders is it's really all about winning football and uh, um, and surrounding yourself with good people and I was fortunate enough to go to Ottawa with a guy like Marcel Desjardins who again is a another guy that um, I align with philosophically on that we just want to surround ourselves with uh, talented people because you need talented people to win but also people with character um, people that can ride out the tough times, and um, people that are interested in uh, in in uh, being part of a of a team, making it not about themselves, but making it about the about the Red Blacks, and uh, you know that's what we strive to do every year. Dan Barnes from Post Media. This is for Rick. I think you worked with something like seven head coaches in your time uh, between Edmonton, Calgary, and 
Win- Winnipeg. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, what did you? I mean, was there one thing or two things or whatever it is that you learned from each of those coaches? What stands out, and what would you like your staff to learn from you? You're right. That's a that's a big question because there's a there's a lot of guys that I think the big thing is to never stop learning is that you can learn something from everybody. Even if you don't agree exactly with someone, there's still something you can always take, take from people and uh, there's always ways to evolve. And I think that's part of the key in football is to evolve with the game and evolve with the times. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be around some pretty big uh, legendary guys um, that Don Matthews was the first guy I coached with here. Um, I don't want to leave people out, but then the, you know, the first guy I was with was Don, the last guy was with Huff here, and you know, those bookends would be you know, two pretty good examples of guys that are Hall of Fame type guys that uh, endured in football for a long time. And I, I think the biggest thing is keeping your eye on the prize and that you're trying to, the goal is to put people in the best position possible so they can contribute and uh, contribute to the team and try to win games. And uh, really, that's what it's about at the end of the day. Yeah, a lot of really good information there. A lot of really good information gives you a lot of insight as to the character and the mind of one who's a local product, you know, Rick Campbell. And uh, I know his mom and dad, the you and Louise, are coming in here for this big game along with the, the sisters. And this is the first time that they'll be around while he's coaching in the championship game. This is going to be a big one tomorrow for both sides for various reasons. Rick Campbell, he'd love to win it here in his hometown. And for, you know, Dave Dickinson, he'd just love to win it. It doesn't matter where. After the two previous, oh boy. And another fellow who lived in this town for a while, but he moved around the country because his dad was a doctor in the armed services. And you know him well from TSN, Brian Williams. Well, here's a man that everybody knows. He, in fact, lived in many cities, including Edmonton, in his formative years. Let me put it that way. He knows a lot of history. His face is very recognizable. He's been doing great work for TSN for years. Brian Williams, a welcome home, could I say that? I know your father was in the service, and that's why you moved a lot. Listen, Legend, he was actually a doctor and was at uh, Royal Alex. I went to New Westminster Junior High. My brothers and sisters went to Royal Glenora in the late 50s. So I do know Edmonton, and it's always great to be back. And the 40th anniversary of Commonwealth Stadium. Can you imagine? Well, I was there opening day in uh, 1978. The Queen was in attendance. Diane Jones, now Diane Jones, kind of husky, came up and greeted the Queen. We've got a feature in the pregame show on this stadium. We'll hear from you'll hear from Wayne Gretzky, who said, "I never vowed I would never play old timers hockey, but I did play in the game when it was so cold at Commonwealth Stadium." You'll hear from Christine Sinclair, the soccer star. She said. We were scared to play here. It was so big, and we were afraid when we came out there'd be nobody there. We run out the tunnel, and there's 56,000 people. Diane Jones, Konohoski talks about it. The late, great Dick Enberg, a good friend of mine, he and Merlin Olson came up to do a game when the NFL was on strike, and Dick will say, you'll hear him on Sunday, 
not only is this stadium as good as any we've ever been in, the level of play was equal to the NFL. You'll hear from Warren Moon. Uh, so, I, you know, when I got a Commonwealth, uh, although I only lived in Edmonton for a year, it's, uh, I think back to the great Don Chevrier, who, when I was here, worked for a radio station called CJCA, Tiger Radio, 93 or 97. That's where I worked. And there was a young guy later called Brian Hall who drove a black station wagon from Renfrew Park and had had Jed Sports. And I thought, man, if I ever get into broadcasting, I want to be like Brian Hall and Don Chevrier. So uh, yeah. Chevy uh, did the opening ceremony that day with the late Ted Reynolds. Wit's gone. Uh, there aren't many of us. Chevy's left. gone. Chevy's yeah. gone. Uh, Tom yeah. McKee's gone. Yeah. The Greek is still alive. Ernie Afghanis, 90 years old, healthy. I talked to him the was other day. At, I was at, I got a call, I must say, and I have to tell people about what you raised this moment. I got a call from Murray Kosh. He has a yeah. Ford dealership here. And he's, I think, 91. But, you know, I occasionally run into these people. But I got a call and they said, listen, we're having a special day for Ernie at the Quarry Golf Club. And I said, yeah. They said we're celebrating surprising on his 90th birthday. Now, as I talk to you, I can't bring out my phone and show you. But I am going to show you, when we are finished doing this recording, the picture of Ernie Afghanis when he came in off the golf course to the surprise party for his 90th birthday. And I could not believe it. He has a full head of hair, hardly a wrinkle, looks exactly like I remembered him. Well, of course, I knew him when he first came from Lethbridge back in 1953. Well, he so is, 65 years, and he looks the same. Yeah, he is indeed the, Amazing. Gold, the golden Greek. And yeah. we used to say that if you owned a clothing company, Ernie's the guy you'd want to model the clothes. But when you talk about his great hair, there's a sportscaster I used to know. He worked at CJCA. He worked at Ched. He worked at 1050 Chum in Toronto. Don Cherry says this guy, I think his name's Brian Hall, has the best hair in broadcasting. <laughs> and, well, Cher, and Cher and Grapes did yeah. say, you see Hall, say hello. Well, thank you very much and hi to Grapes. But you know, I first met him back when I did hockey in, the, in, the, uh, in the old WHL, the Western Pro Hockey League, because there were only six teams in the NHL. That's when I met Grapes. I want to say something. As someone that is born in Winnipeg, I've lived in Edmonton, B.C., high school in Hamilton, university in the great state of Michigan at Aquinas College. Americans honor their heroes. You, Brian, should be honored and celebrated. An icon in our industry, any young person who wants to get in broadcasting, model yourself after that guy with the great hair in Edmonton. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now Anyway, that was some of the conversation we had with Brian Williams. You don't want to miss that feature tomorrow because it is about the 40th anniversary of a great stadium, Commonwealth Stadium. And what they have done is kept it up and they've made it even better. It has Wi-Fi, the best sound system, brand new seats, new field, a field house extension to it. It is as good as it gets in North America and holds 62,000 people, could easily be expanded to handle 80 or 85,000. But it is magnificent, and I kid you not when I tell you, it's as good as there is in North America when you talk about outdoor stadium and their...
basically building outdoor stadiums now instead of the covered stadiums. Anyway, for Crystal Glass, 310 Glass for all your glass needs or visit crystalglass.ca and Jiffy Lube, who will have your vehicle winter ready. Visit jiffylubeservice.ca. We come to the final 15 minutes or so of the first couple of hours of our Grey Cup preview from here, festival area right downtown for Grey Cup 106, presented by Shaw. Back in a moment. 6.30, Chad, live from the Grey Cup Festival. by Crystal Glass because it's not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Remember, for all your glass needs, give us a call, 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca and Jiffy Lube, who will get your vehicle winter ready, visit jiffylubeservice.ca. Ran into Arash Madani, too. You see him a lot on Sportsnet. He goes to baseball games. He goes everywhere for them in North America or anywhere in the world if necessary. But Arash, at one time, he and I met years ago when he was the PR for the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football Club. But, hey, I see you everywhere, Arash. And, Brian, every Grey Cup, I'm waiting to see what blazer you're going to wear, and your listeners cannot see you. So it is a bright red stampeder color red and black blazer and i and i'm and i can't believe what i'm looking at right now well i had this custom made in thailand a few years ago it's thai silk and it's only uh, a coincidence that it happens to be some red and black. So is that Stampeder red and black or Rouge Noir red and black? Uh, Rouge Noir yeah. i think <laughs> that's what i think listen but you have been traveling a lot arash yes. i mean we first met when you were with the Winnipeg Blue Bomber organization. Yeah, I was the PR guy there, and I moved over to Sportsnet about 10 years ago, and uh, it's been a busy year with the Olympics, World Series, and the rest, and uh, and Grey Cup's always one of my favorites. I get to work with Corey Blaschel, our, our Edmonton cameraman, who's also the bureau chief here. Gene Principe would be the first to tell you that. Yeah. So it's, um, it's going to be a good week. How do you feel about what you've been able to keep up to because you're out of the country a fair amount as well, but I know you keep up to date with everything, especially here in Canada. Uh, what's your feeling about the league and how things went this year? And uh, very much so the area of where Sportsnet's located, Toronto and that franchise and very close Montreal. Well, here's what I don't understand, Brian. I, I get you want to continue to grow. Why are we talking about Mexico when Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal are not just alarm bells, but five alarm bell fires. So that, to me, it's take care of what you want to do. I understand expansion to Halifax, work towards that. That's domestic, that's a 10th team. Try and secure public funding for that stadium. But look at the resources and the money and everything that the NFL has. And they weren't able to pull off a game at Stadio Azteca. Instead, the Monday Nighter with KC and LA ended up being played at the Coliseum. So to me, it's Take care of what's going on in your own backyard before you start worrying about what others are doing in the neighborhood. Well, I couldn't agree with you more because I had exactly that feeling and I made a comment to that effect on the air. I said the commissioner's got a lot of problems right here at home, never mind thinking about something outside this country and this league. However, he has his reasons and we'll see where it goes. I can't see that it's going to be a big deal. I mean, it just doesn't affect me that way. 
but it's a big deal about those franchises of Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. Well, yeah, I mean, that's those are the three biggest markets in the league. And until there's new ownership in Vancouver, things won't change. Until there's a new GM in Montreal, things won't change. And until somehow somebody can convince the people of Toronto to care about the Canadian Football League there, it's, it's not going to change. So if you're looking for encouraging things, look at what's happened in Ottawa. Uh, you know, here... I, I still don't understand what happened after the 6-3 and three start, but Edmonton's more than stable. Edmonton's on solid ground. Um, you know, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, they're, they're part of the heartland. So um, from that standpoint, it's good. I, I'm about, go, about Sunday, I'm intrigued to see what we get out of Trevor Harris. I, I want to see what this quarterback's all about. Well, he's going to be going up, I'm sure I'm right saying this, against the best defense in the league. So... They better be well prepared, but I think they will be, knowing Rick Campbell. When you when you think about how you want to build a football team, you start with a quarterback and an elite pass rusher. Calgary has always had that. Here's what's interesting. Calgary's elite pass rusher now is in the interior of that defensive line. Micah Johnson's the best defensive tackle in the league at a time where this is probably the best crop of defensive tackles this league has had in a long time. So it's not just coming off the edge where the Stampeders can get to the quarterback. They can come at you in some different ways. And if they're going to double-team the interior with Micah Johnson, that sets you up for Alex Singleton to blitz from two or three different areas. That's what makes the Calgary defense so potent. It's not necessarily their front seven. It's what they do in the middle of that defense with Johnson on the line and then Singleton behind him. And their coach knows defense so well because he played for them. But this game on Sunday has the makings, though, of a very, very good game despite the strength of that Calgary defense. If we get a game that comes close to two years ago, we're in for a treat. And... You think about Ottawa's dominance and then the Calgary comeback and the onside kick and the overtime. Um, that was as good as it got in Toronto a couple of Novembers ago. So hopefully this year lives up to the billing. Thanks, oh. Rash. Nice seeing you again. That was right. great, Halsey. Rash Madani from uh, Sportsnet. That's about it for me. It's the Stampeders. It's the Ottawa Red Blacks. Two good coaches. And Dave Dickinson, coach of the Stamps, Talking about his quarterback, that's everybody's going to be looking at the Calgary Stampeders in this game. That's why I've more or less focused on them, the Western champions. But don't ever, under, don't for a moment underestimate the abilities of the Ottawa Red Blacks because they'll beat you and they can do it in a hurry if you're not ready. But Dave Dickinson said about his quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell, who was named the outstanding player in the league this year. Well, I think if you're going to be a good coach, you need a good quarterback, especially in the CFL. I don't think any of us can be great coaches without a great quarterback. So um, for me, Bo is, uh, I enjoy working with him. He's highly competitive. He is a hard worker. He wants to do things the right way. He likes football. Uh, I like people that, you know, because there's no like 100% right answer all the time, as long as you're on the same page and you're communicating things and the quarterback knows how you're trying to attack things, you have a much greater chance for success. So I think Bo's as good as anyone in the league. I'm sure happy to have him. I'm glad he's still in the CFL because uh, I think skill-wise, I think he could, he could function and, and be a good player down south. Uh, I've enjoyed working with him. I think he has gotten better leadership. Um, he wants to be the guy. He, he, he waited his turn, I guess, 
and, and allowed himself to grow and, and maybe get that foundation before we gave him that opportunity. Once he's been the guy, he's had great success. And uh... Yeah, really true. And, you know, you, you think about Trevor Harris, poor old Trevor Harris, you know, all the things that have happened to him over the years and during his football career. But now, you know, he's he's got a chance to get it all done because the ball is going to be in his court. And it's just that simple. So you've got two different quarterbacks going in this game. One who is a star like Bo Levi Mitchell, voted best player in the league this year. But you've also got Trevor Harris from Division II college star to starting quarterback with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Almost started as the backup when Ottawa was in the Grey Cup in 2016. But then it was uh, smiling Hank Henry Burris who came on. It went to overtime. He threw the winning touchdown pass. Ottawa winning it an upset, and he was named the outstanding player. But the ball this time is Trevor Harris. Just looking to do my part. Uh, just like I was looking to do my part as the number two quarterback, being the eyes on the sideline, being there available in case anything would happen. I'm just going to do my part as the starter this year and uh, do what I can do to help the team win. And I'm going to steal just an extra moment here by Dave Dickinson again saying, we know what the party's all about. I tell my players. For me, guys, it's do what you normally do, okay? So take care of your bodies and understand that, yeah, it's a different week. Uh, but I, I really believe football are routine type of people. We like schedules. Let's be organized, okay? Let's know where we're supposed to be. Let's show up where we're supposed to be at at the right times. Uh, football first. I have been, been on record saying to try to be a little bit selfish, meaning you got family, friends, whatever you got here, fans. You know, you'll have time to go out to dinner and have drinks with them later on. So let's make sure it's football first. Stay on your normal schedule and, uh, and make sure you, you know, make it as normal a week as possible. And hopefully that uh, increases your chance for success. This is going to be one terrific ball game. I hope you've enjoyed the past two hours. Some insights here from Grey Cup 2018. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, who will have your vehicle winter ready. Visit JiffyLubeService.ca. And in part, brought to you by Crystal Glass. Remember, not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Call 310-GLASS or visit CrystalGlass.ca. I really enjoyed it, folks. We do it every year. The Grey Cup, there's no other like it anywhere and i mean anywhere this is a great time and edmonton has done a great great job thank you all for help making it a really great weekend i think it'll be a great game tomorrow i really don't know who wins because i think it's that close but thanks to everybody and for me good afternoon and coming up after the news morley and dave